Hey, everybody, welcome to the Daily Objective, the show where we do our best to implement and apply the philosophy of objectivism, Ayn Rand's philosophy, to the issues of the day and to explore topics together. And today we're going to be discussing an issue that is pretty non-controversial. I think I've seen just, just pure homogenous agreement among all objectivists, no controversy, no hostility whatsoever, and that is the topic of immigration. Of course, I'm being sarcastic. Uh, it is a it is a disputed topic, which frankly I don't really have that much to say about. So uh, where this will go is anybody's guess. Um, it's it's always uh, a cause for suspicion when people make a sort of derivative issue. I think a derivative issue um, a, that is a an issue that is not fundamental. I think speech and property are fundamental rights, whereas the right of moving from one country into another, or even, dare I say, now I'm really gonna upset people, even the right to own as many guns as you want is sort of a derivative issue. Um, anyone who makes that the sort of crux, anyone who makes that the central issue of, of, of philosophy and politics, especially in the midst of a mixed economy that we live in today, they make, that is a mixture of capitalism and state controls, anyone who makes that like the central issue, I think is sort of missing the point, in my opinion. But we'll 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 figure this out. Let's let's get to the bottom of this. Enough with my famous lengthy introduction, because we have a co-host today who, let's just say, whatever problem ails you, there is nothing that he cannot address because he deals with issues even more important than uh, than bodily issues. He deals with problems of the mind. This is a psychologist, Josh Dixon. Nice to see you. Great to see you too, as well, man. And I, and I actually have to say, for me, it's not a this you know this topic is not a huge issue in my mind as well. It doesn't take up a huge amount of my thinking. It's not one that I go to when I'm thinking about um, sort of politics in general, etc. It's something that I'm reminded of that is an issue. But yet, when I have a look around, it's such a dominant issue. I mean, I know that in your last election, it was a big issue with Donald Trump, etc. You know, very sadly, you know, in the UK, it became a big issue um, and tied into the Brexit vote. Um, so it, it became a thing that if you were for Brexit, you must have been automatically anti-immigration, um, even though there was a huge swathe of Brexiteers who were totally pro-open immigration. And I, I completely agree with what you're saying. It's a, it's a derivative issue. And I'm very suspicious of people who make it the main topic of discussion, et cetera, because I, I, th I don't think huge amounts of people are actually that interested in it either. You know, I, nev I never hear about it in my own life and work, but I know that my bubble is not necessarily representative of the people out there. But, you know, it, it's never... Yeah, I tell you, there was one example where just before the... Uh, Brexit vote happened. I had this client of mine came in. He was drunk, very emotional, and he said to me, "Oh my God, am I going to lose my cleaner if we if we Brexit?" That was the only time I've ever heard anything to do with immigration ever come up in in my um, in my work. But you know, something that I'm sure you you may bounce off this and agree with this is, you know, to me, I'm just totally pro open immigration. Yeah, I I just think. Um, it, anything else is absurd. However, there is this thing that the mixed economy or the welfare state distorts serious issues. And I know that the issues that come up 
are around things like, well, why should someone come from somewhere else, have never paid into the system and get a free house or get all this medical care? And, you know, there's certain people who say, hey, I've paid into the system all this time and uh, I'm not getting access to the services that I should be getting access to. And it's actually, you know, it's a distortion that comes from, as you, as you checked in at the beginning, the, the welfare state, et cetera. And it really muddies the waters because I think there may be some genuine concerns there, but then there's also the, the horrendous racism of anti-immigration as well. And all these things get lumped together. And I think, um, again, yet another issue and problem brought about by poor thinking, no, um, when I say poor thinking, I mean just non-principled thinking. And um, it's just yet another example of something that you can never really come to a satisfying conclusion if you're debating or thinking within the, those terms set by the modern welfare state. And I think that for me is, is really what, what the major issue is here. And I'm wondering what, if that's something that resonates with you, Rucker, or yeah, I think a lot of it. I mean, yes, but let me so let me steal man uh, kind of the other side, because like I said, there is uh, there are a lot of people who they might agree with our um, kind of ideal for what a society should be capitalism, which includes, you know, uh, workers and various people moving wherever they want to move and pursuing the life they want. But a lot of people say in today's context, having open immigration or having even any immigration in some in some people's uh, opinion. It is a threat to our way of life in a number of ways. So um, one of them being, I mean, if, if, okay, if Western civilization is to be saved, I mean, the argument goes that people coming from non-Western countries, they don't have any element of Western uh, values that they're bringing with them. So as you know, the, the culture we see around us it used to be sort of uh, enlightenment culture and it's sort of been moving on, moving farther away, sort of returning to the jungle, returning to the primitive, rejecting capitalism, rejecting reason, etc. But it might be saved because there is still some appreciation for those values, the argument goes. But if, if just people en masse are moving here from either, I don't know, Mexico, uh, the Middle East, places that don't necessarily have that same sort of tradition even, then they'll quickly sort of outnumber uh, people of, you know, of European descent or people who come from a, uh, a tradition of having kind of more appreciation for Western values. And they're just going to vote in either, you know, either uh, pure Marxist or whatever it is. Now, I know the, the first thing that comes to mind for me there is Marxism is a Western advent, unfortunately. Mm. It's anti, it's ultimately anti-enlightenment, which, you know, a certain reading of history can demonstrate, but, um, and, and I also like to point out, it's the Western intellectuals who are sort of killing the West from within. But again, so the argument goes that the, the only way to buy time right now is not to allow in a bunch of people that, who, to whom Western values are alien. And you say? Yeah. Well, what I'd say back to that is, um, I would say that the people who are willing to up sticks, move, particularly to the United States from anywhere around the world, are probably some of the best people amongst us. And I think um, it's crazy, particularly, I think I was listening to, I think Yaron Brooke was talking about, Dr. Yaron Brooke was talking about this the other day, that how many, I can't remember the exact figure, but it was such a high number of the top, 
of the sort of most recent CEOs of some of the great Silicon Valley companies that are coming up um, are immigrants. You know, I think that the, the type of person who, you know, is psychologically willing to break links with their, their culture and their families, et cetera, to live a better life, I think they've got, must have, very, you know, pretty high self-esteem. Um, they're brave, courageous, willing, and I think those are just the kind of people that I would like to live amongst. And I, I think the statistics bears out that, that immigrants um, are some of the hardest working people, you know, amongst you know, much more hardworking than, you know, like a lot, a lot of people, uh, alleged natives or, you know, I don't, I don't like using these terms, but, you know, I, I would say that, you know, the, the person who wants to come it, there is a slight issue. There is more of an issue in Europe because in Europe there is more welfare, so that it attracts people who are more open just for free money, etc. But I think still, with the United States being what it is, and what the United States still represents, is a place where you can go and you can really make it still. And I think it's, it would be a huge mistake for the U.S. economy and then actually the whole the whole world economy. To, to deny that dynamism that immigrants bring and that, that passion and zest for their own life, to improve their own life, and then what that means and inspires in others. So that's yeah. what I would come back to that with. Sure. Um, there, I mean, yeah, I mean, people, they tend to, uh, when you bring up immigration, they think about, you know, Mexicans and Syrian refugees. But I mean, yeah, if you look at Silicon Valley, enormously mm. successful, although interestingly, the right has become increasingly hostile. To Silicon Valley, not only in terms of them, you know, um, allegedly censoring conservative views, but in terms of just them making us too focused on technology. Tucker Carlson, he says, you know, we need to start thinking of this country as a family. You know, he goes, I don't let my daughter hold her iPad at the dinner table. Maybe we, the government, maybe the, as a country, we need to start taking a look at these technologies and asking if, if, if we're crazy about them and if we should kind of allow them to run amok and take over our lives this way. So, um, but back to my point. Yeah, if, if, if you do consider technology a value, Silicon Valley Im, you know, imports, quote unquote, that is immigrants move to Silicon Valley and they move to wherever their opportunities are to develop the technology they have in mind and to produce the values that they're looking to produce. And of course it, it transforms the world and raises everybody's standard, standard of living. And uh, Hollywood as well. Um, you know, I live in Los Angeles, which is largely you know, known, perhaps, if you bring up immigration in, in L.A., people think of, you know, people coming here from Mexico and, and doing manual labor. A stereotype we do not agree with here, by the way. But also another stereotype is, which I think is largely true, is that the most beautiful, talented people, including from Mexico, but also from Sweden, from, I don't know, that's all that comes to mind when I think beautiful. People from all over the world, they come to L.A. to model, to act to make music, to write. I mean, people come here and uh, it's a, there's a lot of talent and beauty in LA, which you know, obviously closed borders would not permit. Um, the anti-immigration crowd needs to do some self-reflecting and be very clear. Is Do they really want, like, what is their ultimate goal, I would ask? What is your ultimate goal? And increasingly, I'm seeing people on the right uh, getting nostalgic for the farming days. They're getting nostalgic for the pre-industrial era, so. And that's very. That's, go ahead. That's very. That's very Weimar. That's very. Um, you know, the, the Nazis were very much 
harking back to those days. But you know, one yeah. thing that I would say is um, just, you know, I, I just do not understand how anyone can have a go at tech. What is technology? What has the technological revolution done? It's raised productivity in every area of, of, of everybody's lives and how, how you could sort of be anti that. It just astounds me. Um, and one thing I would say is, you know, from on psychological terms, I would challenge anyone, what's wrong with your self-esteem to feel so threatened by the other or the, the immigrant, etc.? cetera? Um, and I think there's a real a lack of knowledge as well about, you know, the, the left in the UK and I'm sure everywhere else believes that there's this pie and that there's only, a, you know, there's a certain amount of pie and that if rich people have too much of the pie, they're denying other people the pie. And I think there's something going along, something similar with that with immigration that, ah, the immigrants are gonna come in and take part of my pie. That's, that's my birthright and my birthright because I accidentally happened to be born in this country. Um, not because of the values that I have and the things that I'm you know, willing to work towards. And, you know, immigration is basically from Rice is a win-win. You know, it's it's a it's 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 not someone coming in and taking part of someone else's pie, etc. It, it's it's a way of expanding, and you know, there's something something that that made me feel a bit better about um, recent events is, and particularly in the UK, and I was very surprised in a good way to see is was the open offer from the British government to all those in Hong Kong who hold what we call British national overseas passports and their families and saying that so up to three and I think about three and a half million, four million people from Hong Kong can come and uh, work and live in the UK as a result of what's going on there. And the press was saying what a fantastic idea this was to have some of the best minds from one of the freest and most productive cities in the whole world. I mean, you know, particularly what's been going on there with the clampdown on on individual and civil rights, etc., and I, that that I was I was heartened to see that, um, but it's a shame that it would be only for people who had a historical connection to the UK. Why can't we have this across the whole world? Why has it just got to be people who happen to have British national overseas passport? But again, you know, I'd love to see the you know some of these the best minds from Hong Kong coming to the UK because I think that could only be a win-win situation and that that's what's really sad i think in the immigration debate is is a lack of knowledge or a lack of understanding of the win-win nature of that and i'm wondering i'm seeing you're nodding and i'm wondering what's yeah I, I i nod a lot when people talk like i do that when i'm thinking so often it, it can be understood as me agreeing with somebody and i do agree with you but but also i i mean i i i do want to sort of stress i want to highlight the sort of valid um concerns that people have because we do live in a mixed economy. So it's not just the welfare state, it's regulation. It's the fact that regulation brings about an unholy alliance between business owners and politicians to the point where workers do get shafted, which brought about the need for trade unions. I think a lot of people would argue certainly um, what unions have become and they contribute uh, the mixed economy, the regulation and taxation and, and incentivizing sort of corporate welfare, they, they bring about a culture where workers are complacent, where they're sort of married to the factory in their own town, and they don't see a reason to move 
anywhere new. Um, and they are then threatened by, by immigrants. They say, oh, these cheap workers are coming here. And so I'm going to lose my job. I don't know where I'm going to get a new one because unfortunately, regulation and the mixed economy uh, lowers people's standard of living and it lowers job opportunities. And, you know, it does a lot of things that make it so the little guy, quote unquote, gets shafted and then populism does seem more attractive. So we need to do we need to always keep that in mind that the the complacent worker, the blue collar guy or anybody who feels threatened by immigrants, it's not only his sort of uh, low self-esteem. It is the fact that we don't live in a capitalist society. And he feels like in the meantime, even if capitalism is the ideal, we're not there now. And these, you know, immigrants are a threat to him. So um, the mixed economy does unfortunately pit us against one another, where we're sort of competing for government favors. And that ends up even looking like competing with immigrants uh, more than more than naturally, like kind of more than uh, reality would would make us compete for jobs. Uh, there's that element as well as um, multiculturalism. So multiculturalism tells immigrants don't assimilate. Come here and wave the flag of the place you came from. Hold on to whatever values you had over there and, you know, vote for politicians that remind you of home, they're basically told. So people, again, they, 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 can't, they don't have maybe the full context that you and I and other students of history and of objectivism who take philosophy seriously understand. They kind of see the big picture. From their, a lot of people's point of view, they, they're like, look, this, I, I like my way of life. I like the culture I live in and I'm, I'm seeing people move here and not assimilate. So again, I think the problem as to the extent that there is a problem is homegrown. And as soon as we understand what the West means, as soon as we understand what individualism truly is, other problems will quickly get solved, whether it's foreign policy, whether it's immigrants not assimilating, all these other things will very quickly get solved once we do our own house keeping house cleaning and you say and i say i heartily agree and i also say that it's just more you know, that's just more evidence that we need to bring the fight against the professors and against multiple multiculturalism and also um we need to be fighting for what is so good about capitalism versus what what how the welfare state creates these as you said these duels or, or facing off against uh, pitting people against each other um and it's such a shame that, that that's really what we should be fighting for. And uh, it's, a, it's a long road, but it will be worth it. Absolutely. And all roads do lead to the philosophy classroom, I realize, increasingly every day. And remember, people, immigrants are not ultimately your, what, what the source of your problems. Not immigrants, not the threat to gun rights. I mean, you have guns today. I'm speaking to Americans. You have all the guns you want, presumably, and you're still watching the government tax you as much as they want to tax you, regulate you, starting a business is impossible. I mean, what good, you know, what good are, are closed borders and gun rights when you don't even know what your rights are? You, it truly is a battle for individualism, for capitalism, and that is the battle that we are fighting here. But it's not going to be a bloody battle in most, most likelihood. It's going to be a battle of ideas less any uh, professors are watching this and they feel like we're threatening them. Oh no, those are your own students that you're teaching to, to uh, attack you physically. Don't mistake us for that. We are a bigger threat fundamentally because we are going to destroy you with ideas. Thank you for joining us. Good to see you, Josh. We are Thank out you. of time. 
And to anyone who was upset by this conversation, I did my best to give, you know, every side a, a voice in this. And this is not a fundamental issue, believe it or not. This is not a fundamental issue in politics and certainly not in philosophy. So uh, everybody, please relax. And let's think, let's think about this a bit more clearly. Until next time, see you Monday and goodbye. Goodbye.